0: I'm Helen Marshall, and this is the Diary of a CLO. I hope no one's listening, but if you are, definitely share it. Alex Bailey is the co-founder and CEO of Bailey & French. With a background in occupational psychology and as a futuristic and strategic thinker, Alex is leading the way in humanizing the workplace and empowering people to recognize the importance of building relationships and trust at work. In this conversation, we delve into all that and more, and Alex will leave you feeling encouraged that we're edging towards a more positive future workplace. Enjoy. Hi, Alex. Thank you for joining me on the Diary of a CLO. I'm so pleased that you're here and thank you for taking the time to join me. Uh, First of all, how are you?
1: No, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I, I love a good chat, as you know. So um, any kind of topics that you're covering at the moment, I'm finding fascinating. Um, there's so much going on and I'm, I'm really well, really um, enjoying the beginning of 2023. It's been very different the past two years um, and how they've kicked off. So it feels different and it feels full of energy, which is good.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's good to hear. And I'm, I'm glad that it started off that way for you as well. And I'm definitely feeling that energy as well. As you probably know, I've followed you for a couple of years and I think there's two areas really that I'm quite interested in, in focusing on. And the first one is, I, I guess, what you do at Bailey in French and how you make work a better place for people. But then secondly, what went into kind of setting up Bailey in French, what it's like as a co-founder and CEO and all of the exciting and challenging things that that involves. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah, great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely. Um, actually, before we before we do dig into that, there was. I'm quite intrigued by um, your your company website. Underneath everyone's profiles, you pull out key words that describe individuals and key characteristics and, and potentially skills as well. And, and under yours, it says futuristic, strategic, learner, maximizer, and brave. And I just absolutely love all of those words. And wondered what what kind of thought process went into putting those words on profiles essentially
1: okay so um that's a good question we we like to to share our human strengths approach which is the kind of golden thread through all the work that we do and it's an area of positive psychology I'm particularly passionate about um, as I had the opportunity to kind of work in the, the very early um, kind of days of, of strengths research in the UK and globally. So um, it's kind of beyond knowledge and skills. Like anyone can learn stuff and listen to stuff on a podcast and that's just the knowledge stores. And it, that really just depends how good your memory is at remembering certain words. Um Skills we can all learn um, just through enough repetition <laughs> and practice. We can we can continually build our skill set and our toolkits. Um, and there's tons of things we all can do. You know, humans are absolutely remarkable at being able to learn new skills. That doesn't mean we enjoy them all though. Um, and strengths um, for me is is really the um, it's the uniqueness of your entire experience from from being born to seventeen. All the experiences, all the challenges you've had. Is really how you've learned to navigate the world and people tend to have kind of four or five top strengths and that's who they are that's how they are that's that's how they appear and how they operate and no matter how hard you try those are really the the default ways of working that that you have as a unique individual but there's no kind of one model and there's no set of strengths descriptors because each human human being is completely unique on this earth so um so there can't possibly be um a, a definite kind of finite amount of words to describe strengths so any words that you would consider to be the things that you you do differently that you do really well but you also really enjoy Mm. um and that's where my mind have come from you know I've I've been exploring trying to understand my strengths for a long time it's a long journey lifelong journey I would say of how to learn to enjoy using and mastering your strengths Mm. Um, but but if you do then you can you can achieve quite high performance and good well-being too the the research now backs it up which is great
0: yeah absolutely and and you you meant briefly mentioned um psychology there and it, it, you have a background in psychology is that right
1: yeah I'm an occupational
0: psychologist yes yeah, so and, and can you tell me a little bit about how that combined into how you ended up founding Bailey in French
1: yeah um
0: and it's easy in retrospect and in hindsight to kind of sit there and go,
1: oh, yes, it was a perfectly planned strategic journey. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of it, actually, that that, that was really important to me. I loved psychology um, at A-level and at university, and then I wanted to um, look at either criminal or, or business psychology um, and uh, decided that business psychology was the way that I could have the greatest impact on the world um, because most people spend so much time at work. Um and um and that was really kind of part and core of of who I am I'm from a uh, a family um of 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 people who have um, been in public service and I think for me that drive to continually kind of do good in the world and leave it better for the next generation is really strong um and so I kind of launched my career in occupational psychology as a business psychologist um and um uh got myself some some consulting experience externally and then and then went internally in some very large organizations so kind of really learned the ways people work and the things that people do wrong um and then used all of that knowledge um of the things that I'd gained and kind of areas that I'd I'd trialed and experimented with um to to define what Bailey and French is now um and we have, um, you know, two core teams in the business, one around recruiting and attracting um, uh, amazing people into businesses that are looking to grow in kind of very pioneering fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as well as then the learning business, which is really about, um, we, we kind of reach into businesses through through either leadership populations or through kind of team development. Those are the two kind of channels. Um, and it's really interesting how, those are just the most the easiest kind of routes as i said kind of channels into actually influencing organizations because leaders are the ones that really are, are kind of changing changing the page they're 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 the ones that are, are translating the strategy into day-to-day ways of working they're the ones that actually make things happen that achieve successes that get projects off the ground that innovate in new new spaces um that, that collaborate well with with partners and you know, leaders are, are kind of the arms into the organisation, and and they need to to really be able to think beyond themselves. And so that's our kind of one of our, our major channels. But, but alleviating the pressure on just them by working with
0: teams as well to take more accountability
1: for their performance and well being too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see any challenge in how leaders perceive themselves in in that situation? So do they? are they welcoming of the ideas that you bring to the table or is there a bit of you know resistance to the ideas that you have
1: um i think 10 15 years ago there was probably more resistance to to the field of positive psychology um Mm -hmm. which is a relatively new area of research in in psychology as a whole um And I think that was just kind of wrapped up in the, oh, it's all happy, clappy, kind of fluffy nonsense. Um, But really pleased to see some amazing um, big data research that's just more valid and reliable than anything else that sits in the whole kind of library of psychology research. So um, I think that's um, that's really supported that that new paradigm and focus. Um, Typically, I think, as I said, it almost like I think a lot has changed with leaders in the last this kind of last generation um you know we used to see much more of a command and control style people wanted to be in control and the hierarchy was important and respect for for different levels was the kind of fundamental and it was a bit kind of archaic really in terms of how new things were presented and accepted and engaged with it had to be proven on a business case and a burning platform and everything else now i see a complete opposite i see leaders who are absolutely fantastic and they care so much about other people um, that they simply kind of can't prioritize in Enough of their day around um, being able to do the good things that they want to do. So no, I don't see a challenge. If anything, I see the challenge to, to leaders now is how do they prioritize um, and let go of the things that maybe once worked for them but aren't so effective now um, and really focus in on the things that are going to make the biggest shift for them. And it's that prioritization of time and the demands that they have on their time that is the biggest challenge um, for leaders because um, you know it. It, time is just your just most valuable commodity um mm. and that's the that's the greatest challenge is is how can we engage still as human beings um on a on a regular basis because because humans need time and attention mm. and, and that is that is just really really hard for some people when they've got large teams or disparate teams teams working different hours and things like that to really make sure that you're giving people individual attention
0: yeah and I guess the, the the way we work now as well is so different than like you say it, it was ten or fifteen years ago or even five years ago. um, so it's adapting to that and and I wonder also how much of that is is a generational thing that's shifting too. So as we see younger leaders start to take leadership roles or more senior roles, the the different way of thinking that comes into that picture that maybe, like you say historically might have been more tricky to deal with, but actually, People are much more open to being human and laying it all out on the table and being empathetic to people. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think I definitely see, um, you know, new generations of leaders really pushing, um, pushing kind of traditional ways of thinking and, and almost just not accepting things as well. Um, mm. I think that's really great. Um, you know, there's been so much incredible work gone on around um, DE&I, particularly over the last five years um and then kind of prior to that you know and still ongoing but prior to that you know 2004-15-16 was you know the big trend was well-being certainly in europe and uk and um well-being as a kind of as an extension of mental health and understanding mental illness um and so much good work has gone on there it feels like we're, we're moving through trends much quicker um mm. in terms of how we solve those how we then embed them across all ways of working i think is where we're sitting now you know we don't mm. all need to have a, a full diversity program necessarily or a well-being program added on top of everything else we need to do it's about how can we be clever and wind that all into what we're, we're already doing but new generations of leaders are almost just just accept just accepting and expecting that that we will be more diverse and we will be more inclusive and we will be you know creating a sense of belonging and that there will be you know well-being will be considered and i love that it's just almost mm-hmm. like just as i said that expectation i certainly see it in the gen z but also gen alpha um which is is super exciting new generation coming through that just accepts expects expects everything uh, and accepts things um or, or not and and finds their own information out in the best way possible um yeah very quick-witted and and smart about how they get information and i think that's going to really shift things for for the what will be gen z leaders leading gen alpha is going to be an interesting um time
0: yeah i agree and that's something that crops up in conversation quite a lot for both from a gen gen z perspective and how their attitudes and of course i'm massively generalizing here but every every uh, person who's of gen z who i work with um seems to just be able to have, well they have their finger in so many pies and they're they're willing to like give something a go try something out find information really quickly like you say and be willing to adapt really fast as well and not be stuck in a in a tunnel vision of this is where i have to go and this is where i need to end up um there seem to be much more relaxed about Failing fast, I guess, which is really refreshing for me. But it also, you know, I'm being totally honest, that sometimes that makes me feel really nervous. And I think maybe I need to be more like that, which is good because it pushes me in the right direction as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, if I look at some of the people we've worked with um, over the last few years, you know, this the concept of developing psychological safety mm-hmm. um, has been a really big one for inclusion and for wellbeing for lots of different things, and um, what I saw was kind of that married with kind of just new expectations. It's almost like everyone has, everyone else has to create the right environment for me to be okay. Um, and actually, what I see, with kind of Jen said, is this: just this actually, no, no, I've got, I've got some control in this. There's an element here of me being brave, me moving out of my comfort zone, me actually testing to see how safe it is to stretch, and to be mm. able to do new things, and not make assumptions myself about psychological safety. Um, and you know, and, and that's really interesting. Is that kind of challenging some of those generalizations? Um, mm. Is happening. And and taking those those pieces to a new level, which um, which it needs to. This that's, that's the whole point, isn't it? Is it's kind of like you have these lovely trends that come through that really help us focus on um, it, making a better better working environment and humanizing the world of work. Um, and yet, people have to make that real and bring it into the practical day to day. And how people do that, I find, is so innovative. It's pragmatic innovation, mm. and I absolutely love that. Um, mm. Seeing people, you know, not just kind of pioneering for the sake of it but actually finding new ways of doing things and launching things and bringing things to the forefront that that really matter um so it's it's happening and it's happening and we need to notice and and learn learn as a as an organization as an organism almost learning together rather than waiting for almost like the next program to come through and kind of Mm -hmm. give us the information that's required we need to be more active in our learning and take notice of everything going on around us and jump ahead
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good lesson in that. And taking a step back to what you mentioned around well-being initiatives, for example, that were seen as almost an an add-on to something, but actually maybe it's better to think about how practices like well-being or focuses on mental health, for example, can be embedded across whole organisations in almost in different small ways and creating those checkpoints for people rather than just a kind of a one-off tick box program we've done this and off we go kind of links into that attitude as well of, of holding space for ideas but seeing where they link in with other ideas across a business and that kind of that way of thinking and then that way of doing kind of seem to start to merge a bit more closely I think.
1: Mm. And I think yeah definitely I agree certainly post-pandemic um, leaders are now much more able to bring wellbeing conversations into performance conversations, Mm. um, which I think certainly took a backseat through the pandemic. It was more about how can we just keep everyone okay? Mm. Now it's like actually recession wise in terms of economy being a little bit doom and gloom. How can we, um, how can we keep our, 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 high performers well um Mm. and make sure that those conversations are happening and they're balancing both that focus on on well-being and performance um and i think that that is a huge challenge and i think that's a big change as well though but it's great that we're even in the space where people are are working out that that's a challenge you know because Mm. previously it wasn't it wasn't combined Um, so so that's the real bringing it into the day-to-day because um i mean As Bailey and French, we we focus much more on kind of proactive, more sustainable well-being initiatives that are about having those conversations and blending it into everything we do rather than kind of having a a workshop to help us understand something. And and they're all needed. But, you know, as I said, long term kind of sustainable focus on something, if we really mean it, um, you know, Mm -hmm. needs to be strategic and woven into the day to day um, running of of whatever organisation it is. Um, so that people actually see it and believe it. Because trust in leaders and trust and integrity in in how the organisation is being led is so important now. We see Mm -hmm. that with kind of social impact reports coming out where people are talking about ESG now rather than CSR. You know, people are really aware that leaders are more trusted now than than people in the government or in the media. Um, Mm -hmm. And business leaders therefore need to understand that responsibility and accountability and make sure that they are already Ready with the information that's going to build build that trust and integrity in them that they can um, mm. support people in all areas.
0: Is there is there an element of your work that um, thinking about it being proactive that almost identifies in those high performers the step before maybe reaching burnout, for example? Is that something that you would focus on at, at Bailey and French?
1: I have a, I have a bit of a, d- a difficulty with, with kind of the classification of high performance because I think it came from an era where burnout was really possible. Um, and it was about every single person kind of being made into a high performer and a top talent. And I, that doesn't really work in real life in long-term sustainable teams. You know, if you take any team, there is going to be one, if not maybe even 50% of them that are going through some kind of challenge, be it personal or work-wise, that is affecting their performance. So, if you look at team performance, you're going to be much more sustainable over time because our teams collaborate and work together to manage the ebb and flow of energy and performance and well-being across the team um, is going to be a much more sustainable focus. So that's why we focus, on, we focus on team flow across teams so that actually we are thinking about the fact that we, in any, any given moment, we are normally carrying at least one person in the team. And that that is just very normal, and we should accept that and and be transparent about it. That that things in life, it, you know, challenges happen all the time, and they don't happen outside of work. They happen to us now in our homes when we're, you know, talking to people and and being much more vulnerable and, and transparent and authentic in who we are. And, and that means that we have to, to, to allow for it. Um, and allowing for it means that some people will work harder one month and some people will cover other people one month. Um, but that's what bonds us together and keeps those kind of respectful relationships and that meaningful human connection there and knowing mm-hmm. that you know, your team's got you. And that's that's what a team, I feel like, should mean. Um, a team, teams have become flimsy. Um, and I worry about how many people have been flung together in new teams over the last couple of years with all the turnover and people moving roles and industries and things and careers. But actually, most people I know are in a new team, whether they've stayed in the same company or not, because people have moved so much. So, but what does that mean in terms of the time invested to actually support the team to be? a supportive team that manages and can can actually support that ebb and flow of energy and performance over time um, because if you just chase that high performance model on in terms of individuals you are just going to literally um you know move to burnout relatively mm. quickly um, it's not sustainable um, for the longer term which i think most organizations really care about sustainability now much more than they did previously
0: yeah absolutely and it's such an interesting way of of framing that pro- not problem but the the awareness of being one of a team and how that how that how you can show up and how it impacts other people and maybe you aren't having a great day one day and someone does pick up the slack and being able to recognize that and communicate that that's happening would be really really powerful i think for for a lot of people to to reframe that thinking about it's almost thinking about yourself versus thinking about the team and you're right i think some of that has been lost over the past few years as and and maybe that's a result of being um more isolated and, and 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 lacking that connection so being able to create and that's not saying being at home causes that because you can still develop that connection but how do you do that in a way that um reestablishes that that bond between the team as you say it's re- really important
1: yeah, it is. And I think, you know, if ever there was a year for it, I think, you know, 2023 is the year of the team because of all of that and everything we've been through. You know, lots of people have kind of dipped out of of the roles they were in um, and taken on kind of side projects or tried to set up on their own. And, um, you know, after a while, I think, you know, the reality sets in that, that you know, working on your own and being isolated, whether it be on your in your own company or, you know, in, in a much more different way, Um, is actually really increasing loneliness levels in this country, which has a massive impact on our mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if we might think that um, we want more independence and and, and an opportunity to to work flexibly on our own, actually we might not even realise that being together is more important um, and we might not know how important it is until we're in the room with those people and we have that connection and we go oh God actually I really remember this is what it's like mm. to feel so connected to feel supported to feel engaged to feel part of something that belonging you know it's critical um, and and I think this is definitely the year to, to bring that back to the forefront of people's attention of how powerful that is um, and being able to then extend that into hybrid working environments um and and people going further than just asking people you know what did you do at the weekend oh I went for a run oh it's nice to get out isn't it like you need Mm. to know more why does someone want to go for a run what is it that they enjoy about running what is it that that gives them that kind of fulfillment from it and and what are they thinking about when they're running and what's the release and um getting to know people more is is the human connection i think and it's it's an art i think a human meaningful human connection and i think it's being lost um very gradually and kind of um dipping away with all the um the digital transformation that has 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 completely catapulted us into into those new ways of working and we need to get the human back in as well and keep that human switched on because i think there's going to be you know there's going to be bigger challenges for us um, and in terms, particularly in terms of mental health, if we can't keep that human switched on and feel like we stand for something as a as a living
0: being, yeah, and I think that the that idea of how you connect and how you communicate and and the fact that it is a skill that you need to keep on developing as well is is something I I've personally done a, quite a bit of reflection on recently because. I found that suddenly, when when my role changed and I entered a new company, I was communicating in a very different way. And suddenly, I was seeing people face to face more. And I, I had this almost realization that actually, I'm I'm not as good at communicating as I used to be. And why is that? And and how do I establish that skill again? And I imagine that is being felt by. Well, in fact, I know that it's being felt by a lot of people at, at the moment that they need to reestablish themselves and and work out how to hold effective conversations again and it's hard to to know how far you can dig into someone's own personal life as well I know you you spoke there about um why what's the purpose behind the action that you're taking and and being able to uncover that in conversation with someone but it's almost having the confidence to do that in the first place that, that is quite tricky sometimes it really is. It really
1: is. You know, and I'm, I'm constantly talking about Gen Alpha because my kids are in that age bracket. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you look at what they've been through with all the lockdowns and the lack of social development through critical years, actually, you know, they're learning how to make friends online through social media platforms, learning what they can say and what they can't say in public forums mm-hmm. rather than making the mistakes on a one-to-one where they can laugh and giggle about it ordinarily. And and I think, you know, that dialogue piece is um, has definitely... Um, you know, really suffered, and that will affect how people are in the workplace, you know, in terms of being able to have effective challenge and debate is critical for innovation, you know, so... We, we can't all sit around, be content and be lovely with each other. Empathy is absolutely important, obviously, and being respectful to people, yes, but but being able to respectfully challenge ideas and, and really innovate together is something that is is really critically important to future workplaces and organisations. Um, and we need to ensure that that future skills cover that as well. A lot of the future skills stuff that I, I see at the moment is all around the digital piece. How do we manage digital? And And I think we're missing something critical here around the future skills um of human connection that are based in dialogue and and it's not being given enough airtime definitely not and I think we need to we need to raise the um raise the up the ante on that definitely to um ensure that people aren't disadvantaged by the fact that they can't you know converse and 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 openly talk like this you know Mm -hmm. podcasts is one way that people are doing that Mm. But um, lots of people would prefer not to do them or not to be in the spotlight or show themselves up or, um, you know, stretch themselves and, and be brave in that way because they're scared of, of that, you know, the fear of what people might think and how they mm. might respond. And, you know, humans make mistakes. It's That's part of who we are. We need to accept it and know how human we are and not expect perfection from people because, you um, no one's perfect right so it's like (laughs) we need to be able to learn together and I think there's yeah there's a general acceptance thing that's that's really important that's missing at the moment um and I really hope that that can be um brought through in in certainly in in more future skills conversations that are going on at the moment
0: yeah and it's certainly with with clients that we speak to the the focus there is on and I don't know what term is correct to use soft skills leadership skills power skills um all that good stuff that that falls under that but mm-hmm. it's certainly um from a learning perspective something that our our clients that thrive are really interested in investing time in because like you they realize the importance of doing that and, and but also how difficult it is too it's, it's it's one thing being able to focus on a technical skill and being able to you know, develop in stages and increase your skill level in something that is quite black and white in a lot of instances. Compare comparing that to developing a softer skill, a, a power skill, um, and being able to to say, "Well, actually, I am a really effective communicator now." How do you do that, and where is the benchmark that you that you set people? It's it it is a challenge. Mm, definitely. Mm. How um how do you feel? I suppose being in a, in a, as a CEO, I imagine that can sometimes be a fairly lonely environment, but given the, the way that Bailey and French approach things and the way that you've spoken about building connection and establishing that um, connection across teams, maybe it's not something you feel, but as a CEO, do you ever experience that loneliness yourself?
1: Um, yes and no, I have an amazing team. Um, so, so no, not so much because, um, they know I'm quite transparent and open and honest and, you know, I make mistakes all the time and then apologize for them and move on. And I think that's part of what we've built in terms of having quite an open and honest culture. Um, and I, and I don't really like the title CEO. I never have um, <laughs> I used to call myself leader. And then suddenly realized I thought I'd do an experiment and see what happened. If I changed my title to CEO finally. And I did. And it was incredible actually the difference of how people treated me and respected me. And I was shocked oh, and disappointed. Um, yeah. But but also then realized that that was just the way the world is right now. And labels are important to people, even if they're not important to me. Um, and, um, and so that has has really has really helped um, in lots of ways, um, alongside the continuing discrimination of being a female CEO. So people, you know, I'll turn up to a meeting and they'll say, oh, when's Alex joining? And I'm like, okay, so who did you think I was then the PA, you know? <laughs> um, and uh it's that that's you know that's the way of of the world that we're living in at the moment but generally no I'm I'm, I wouldn't say um loneliness um mainly because yeah I've just got the most incredible leadership team that I've built around me Mm -hmm. but also extended team um of people who all care about the same thing so you know we're we're very purpose-led um and as an evergreen business um you know we're not driven to to to, to an end goal of, of just an exit date and a profit and a sale so I can go and sit on a beach somewhere, you know. I We're we're in this for the very long term. Evergreen is forever. Um, mm. So I hope that there'll be many generations of people beyond me leading this company to do whatever it needs to do in the future um, and that we continually learn and grow and make sure that we are doing the right thing in terms of humanising the world of work or whatever the vision needs to be for that in the future too. But I think it's a long and that's a big, ambitious goal, <laughs> the world of work. There's a lot of clients that we, um, I'm thankful, are already on that journey too. So, you know, it aligns to a lot of, of, of um, the people's purpose that we we already um, are talking to and working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I hope that, that that continues in that way. I think it will. I think we will it can't possibly not we've got such a a fantastically ambitious and innovative team and we're all learning together so you're not kind of parachuting in special transformation directors to make each Mm. change for us we're actually all learning how to go through each change as an organization so we're learning how to to evolve an organization continuously and that's just super exciting because that means Mm. everyone always gets to learn um and as, as a living being that's um we have a tendency towards growth, so all living organisms do, and and I think we need to remember that that we are a living organism, and this I keep coming back to this kind of human being as a species. You know, we need to know what that value is and appreciate that, and make sure that 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 really does come to the forefront.
0: Mm, absolutely, yeah, and so I, I suppose one one last question, and um, feel feel free to ignore that. We can edit this out if you don't want to answer it, but if you asked those who you work most closely with and it sounds like you've got a brilliant team around you what do you think they'd say if you asked them what they value most about you
1: oh <laughs> uh, that's a good question um <laughs> um what do they value most about me um well I uh, I don't know if they value it or not but I know that they respond to it with energy so I have a lot of energy um and and I kind of create urgency and activation around things I like to get things done I like to like to achieve I like to move things forward so my strengths are around kind of futuristic I'm very hopeful and positive about what we can do in the future so regardless of where we are right now there's a better state we can improve to um and I think um a lot of the time in my in my role now as ceo is quite different because i've done every job in the company obviously as we've grown the business and mm. moved from startup to where we are um so i kind of can do i can i can relate to every single person's role because i've done it so um i think what i do is i kind of i've kind of Almost like go to each person and give them a nudge forward. Almost like oh, we could do this or oh, we could do that or you know make sure you contact these people. So I kind of try to to get people to kind of look beyond that that horizon of what's the next, what's the next, what's the next. Um, and I think that creates energy um, in the business. I think I'm um, hopeful, most mostly positive, um, and. Um, but yeah, I am sure I probably overdo that sometimes too, like we all do. We all overplay our strengths, don't we? So um, yeah, but it's really powerful
0: that... that you that you'll be able to. Uh, I feel like it'd be more powerful for you to be able to then build that trust with people, than knowing that you have done their role, similar things before within the business, and you understand what's pressuring them and what's driving them. And um, I just, do you think that does build into the trust that you have with people?
1: I hope so. Um, I think so. And the openness, you know, I'm incredibly open. Mm -hmm. Um, I said to to a a fault, but we, we start company meetings with questions, um, from everybody so that we're, we're actually having a two way conversation rather than, you know, just the leadership team presenting the stats. And then you can ask questions afterwards. That for me just is never how we were set up. Mm -hmm. And I think what that creates is just this culture where we can all talk to each other. Um, and we use our own tools and, and, um, our own learning solutions together internally as well and mm-hmm. um, and it m- keeps the conversation going you know and there's no kind of like there's no grudges held we all we all talk to each other and challenge each other all the time and 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 i think that's i think that's really powerful and and important to keep going going back to my previous conversation about you know Um, keeping workplaces human that's what's human about us you know we've got ideas Mm. and an ability to think about things in a different way and collaborate with such unique strengths that there's there's value to be to be had from the diversity that we have Um, Mm. and so we don't want to stop at just kind of fixing diversity we want to actually take it to the space where actually it has a huge impact and that we realize the benefits of having more diverse thinking in lots of different areas of all businesses Um, Mm. yeah
0: and ultimately, that's practicing what you preach, right?
1: I hope so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to do anything else. And you never wish to do it that way. And I'm sure people could see it in other ways if they wanted to, because there's always, you know, different viewpoints. Um, uh, but ultimately, I don't think anyone could ever argue the passion I have for changing the world and making it better for future generations. And I think most people that are with us are agree with that. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are driven more by that than others. But I think, you know, that's ultimately the reason behind everything that I do night and day. So um, I think you can see that. And I think, you know, there's integrity when you know someone is genuinely living, mm. um, living and breathing what they, they care about most. So it would be very hard for me not to do that. And I think that's that's obvious. So, yeah, it does create that in an organisation.
0: Yeah, lovely. Well, you certainly seem to be pushing for the right things. Well, in in my eyes anyway, Um, and it it sounds like you're doing some fascinating work and really, I suppose, pushing people in the right direction as well. Um, So thank you for sharing um, so openly, Alex, and for joining me on this podcast. And I look forward to chatting again at some point in the future
1: oh thank you i really i really appreciate you inviting me and i'm very honored to be among so many wonderful people that you're talking to as well so i'm, I'm looking forward to hearing all of them um so thanks a lot helen um always love chatting and i'm sure we'll carry on anyway
0: <laughs> yeah thanks alex this podcast is powered by thrive we're a complete learning and skills platform creating modern learning solutions for modern businesses globally check us out